Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Elliott, and I'm joined by Mike Munsnyder and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, we're talking about skate relics and stallion. Farron Golding has done it again with another favorite spot piece for Quarter Snacks, this time with Anthony Van Anken. It's an amazing piece and a twisted tale of a bench changing hands over 15 years, only to end up back in Anthony's possession again. This got us thinking about the skate relics we've come across over the years. I know I've had a similar bench story. Mike, what relics have you experienced? So this one's a little maybe weird, but like when we came up with this topic, I thought of this ramp that used to be by like the first gatehouse that I lived in, a four foot by 20 foot mini ramp. It didn't last that long there in Southeast Minneapolis. It got torn down, but the transitions ended up at a house down by the airport and it became the airport ramp and it was there i don't know seven years so all of a sudden we're to 2010 or so or 2008 and it ends up at my buddy eric's house the transitions again you know every everything else on this ramp gets swapped out except for the transitions those like you know the cut plywood with the two by four ribs and all of that and i think they made it at eric's house for a good Let's say they started there at 2008. I got my numbers wrong right off the bat. But I think they made it there until like 2016. And I'm pretty sure I skated one of the last sessions there before Eric had to tear down the ramp and like redo his garage because it was tucked into this little corner of his yard. But yeah, I, I, it's super cool that like those transitions can maintain and get passed around. I don't even know who owned that first house that the ramp was at. It was just, it was nearby our place. They were cool with us. So we'd sneak over there and skate whenever. Um, yeah, kind of those, one of those changing hands relic. Yeah, I was thinking ramps were probably going to be like a big relic that changes hands. Uh, Jason, you, you experienced any relics in your day? Yeah, I have a similar tale of ramps and ramp materials uh, traveling throughout the city. So this was like about 10, probably 12 years ago. I saw on Craigslist, I think I first saw it on Facebook and it was a link to Craigslist. This, it was this park that was at a church, but it was one of those like hip, like rock and roll churches or whatever, you know, like one of those. And um, long story short, it ended up shutting down because of some uh, shady shit going on, like big surprise. But anyway, they were get, they were getting rid of the park and giving away all their skate light. So I went over there. I was like, fuck, there's, this is a lot of skate. Like, it was like 10 or 12, like full, like 12 by eight sheets, like probably like $10,000 worth of skate light. So right. go to Home Depot, rent a dump truck or whatever, put it in there and like uh, load it at my house. So then I call my friend Andrew. He's like, yeah, like uh, bring it over to this guy's house. We're building a ramp. So yeah, brought it over, build a ramp. It was pretty good for a while. Then the guy who owned the house, like cut it down. It was, you know what I mean? It used to be like a pretty good four foot ramp to like, a micro mini, I guess, like a two foot tall mm. type of ramp. It was actually pretty fun. But after that, it, uh, who knows, it might have ended up on the south side or something. I, the whereabouts of that skate are unknown. Uh, I still have some scraps out in the shed, though, if anyone needs some. Nice. You got enough for a box? Well, yeah, I used part of it for the top of my box, which is, which I'm going to rebuild. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know if y'all watch WandaVision. But Vision at one point referenced like the ship of Theseus, which is like a thought experiment. Like if you have a ship and you replace the ribs or whatever, the pieces of wood one by one, 
over the years until they're all different. Is it still the same ship or is it a different ship? You know, like if you repair a ramp or move the skate light all around town, is it still the same ramp or is it a different ramp? Well, anyway. I mean, that's like the human body. I think they say like yeah, the human yeah, yeah. body replaces itself every like seven years or something like that. And it's like, you're still yeah. you. Do that thought experiment with your setup though. Like 52, <laughs> 52 classics at all times, you know, like maybe it's just the set of trucks that, that prevent complete makeover. But yeah, I'm, I'm steadily riding the same A25 Familia deck every time. Graphic changes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Temple I feel like my, my uh, bearings are the thing that survives the longest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I can't even remember last time I got bearings. I don't remember purchasing them at all. Yeah, get get the Swiss, kids. It's it's a worthy investment. Yeah, it's it's the best, uh, however much they are, like 50 bucks you'll ever spend. Like, yeah, forget about it. I won't need any other bearings my whole lifetime. Agreed. Well, I have a bench story that's like actually pretty similar to Van Anglin's back in college, we spotted a, um, you know, one of those recycled plastic benches on like the balcony of the art building. And (laughs) maybe, maybe I went in and like saw it when I was like hanging out with a friend. But anyway, there's this plastic bench up on the second floor balcony. And we, uh, we devised a a, a heist where we, (laughs) Me and a few friends, we got my friend's Jeep. Uh, it's like a two-door Jeep Cherokee. And uh, we talked to my friend who's an art student who later became my wife. She let us know like kind of when when's a good time to be there when we can get in the door, but there's not going to be a lot of people around. So, so we, it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was an inside job, as they say. Yeah, we had some inside information. <laughs> we had an inside man, as they call it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so we went and we grabbed this bench. Uh, and we made off with it, no problem. It's funny, I was talking to my wife just tonight, and she was like, yeah, I remember going out to the balcony and having some friends be like, what happened to the bench? And she just, you know, said, shrugged and said she didn't know. Uh, <laughs> as a good inside man should. But anyway, we had this bench. I had it for a long time, and then when I moved out west, I passed it on to a friend who... He had it for a long time. Then it got stolen from him, and then they knew who stole it, so they stole it back. And then when I moved nice. back from out west, the bench came back to me, and I actually don't remember what happened to it after that, but um, it had a good solid run over probably like yeah, 10, 12, 15 years. Damn. Surprised it didn't get like ground to shit, because like, is that one of those benches like it's, it's like gray plastic or whatever, and there's like three strips on the top or something yeah exactly uh, so yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah no to type okay so did it have the legs that jut out and make it unslidable or no the legs were were, were even through? with the um edge so it was pretty perfect and the way that the the top pieces were spaced it was perfect for nose blunts because your wheel would lock in to like yeah. the little space but they wouldn't get stuck it was it was a really fun bench. It was probably like six, maybe seven feet long. So it was like long enough that you could get whatever, but not so long that you couldn't go end to end. Yeah, we we discovered way back when this like it wasn't it was a city park, but it wasn't a park in as much as like having green space. It was just or green space for chilling in. It was three softball fields maybe, but it had a grip of those benches, except these ones had legs where on the bench edge that you'd skate, 
the legs came out and came out and rounded down. So you couldn't slide them, but you could grind everything. You couldn't smith grind them, but mm-hmm. you could do everything else. And we skated this place one and a half summers every day. You know, it was it was right around the time where doing a straight on backside nose grind was was hip. And we we would just line these benches up and see who could backside nose grind the furthest. My it's, buddy uh, It's still hip, right? That trick it's still cool. That's one of the coolest tricks. I still like it. It really is. It really <laughs> is. But yeah, maybe maybe we were just riding the, you know, it was after mouse and anyways. Oh yeah, I forget about it. Yeah. But he took one of those and he chopped it down. He cut, it was a very intricate cut. He cut the legs. He cut like the knees off the legs, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because the knees were the part that like stopped you from sliding. Cut those and drag that thing around for a while. And it made it into one of the local videos here, Midopoly, if I remember correctly. It was around for a little bit. And then it's one of those obstacles where you have no real good recollection of what happened to it if it got you got lazy at the spot one day or someone stole it the the frequency of stolen skateboard obstacles is pretty awesome in a certain way but yeah no recollection of what happened to that thing one one time you know i lived next door to the guy for a while in that skate house i I mentioned in the opening one day the bench was gone yeah i think it happens you know like like you said you get lazy those things are a pain in the ass you got to have like a truck and a homie to like help you load it and all that shit so it's easy to be like yeah we'll just leave it at the spot you know we'll we'll come back tomorrow and skate it and it'll be fine and then yeah it's not there anymore and it's now somebody else's burden to like put in their truck and do all that shit i feel like there's a lot of skate relics that are smaller you know like flat bars or like those plastic barriers like things that are kind of a lot easier to to handle and live with yeah isn't there a uh whole saga behind that love park orange barrier like kales has that photo like nose blowing nose blowing sliding it off of the wall on the cover of some on video or something mm-hmm. like g and him like i think he talks about some of you like like ryan g and him like p- put on skateboards and rolled it all the way across town or some shit like that yeah i feel like there was a time like when those barriers they were they were like prized objects that you could like make off with especially if you got one of the triton barriers which were a little smaller and had like a nice squared edge when you turn it upside down i still think about those things the just over knee high one you're talking and you could fit them together and all that yep so we we had a saga with one of those i can't remember if we found it and then kind of donated it to the skate shop phobia at the time but yeah, lived at one of the houses for a while. And, you know, it was there's, there's a, a buddy just posted a photo of another friend. There's a tree stump. There's a lawn tramp off the tree stump. And then he's going to do a crooked grind down the barrier into the grass onto another piece of plywood. And so that thing floated around forever. And at one point, I think it was the skate shops. And eventually we brought it to third layer skate park because it was just a you know you could get a lot more out of it by bringing it there and skating it and eventually it was absorbed by the skate park that's funny (laughs) stuff i haven't thought about for a while yeah the skate park is a great place for those things to end up because they are going to kind of be well taken care of and skated a lot and if you really want to you know take it out into the streets again you could probably go and ask and i'm sure they'd be happy to let you go get your tricks well let's talk about the uh the quarter snacks piece i thought it was fucking amazing 
even that. though like I basically already knew the story, I feel like when that hockey video came out, that story kind of got told, but just the way that it was put together and everything was so good. Jason, like what 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 is it about that bench that got everyone so excited like when Van England did that switch backside nose blunt? I feel like the collective skate world at least of a certain age who were familiar with the bench kind of like flipped out over it. Like why do you think that is? Yeah, well, it just has a really strong uh, vibe of nostalgia from that photo DC video era, you know, like people who are like probably like around 30 now they were like just starting to skate then, you know, most likely. So it just has yeah, it's kind of like part of the heritage of the culture pretty much, you know, in in portable form. But yeah, that uh, documentary was it was interesting as fuck, like for people who are into that kind of like minutiae, which is like everyone, if probably the audience of this podcast, like, I don't know. Funny thing for me or ironic was like, you live in LA, it's one of the biggest cities in the world. It's the quote unquote skate capital of the world of the industry. And he ends up skating some bench, like in some random parking lot, <laughs> you know, there must really be no spots during the week. I don't know. You'd probably know better than I, Templeton, because you're you were a filmer out there for a bit. Yeah, I was I was out there at that time. Like I remember Tony Turbo was the guy who brought the bench and the Lockwood table out there. And I remember him talking about it. I never actually skated the curved bench there, but I went to that spot and it was really fun. There's like a four stair or something like that and like some other junk. Uh, and yeah, weekday spots in LA at that time were pretty few and far between. So I think it made a lot of sense to put some time in over there and you could just like work on shit. So it was, yeah, not too surprising. I'll make a claim. I think I skated that spot. It's like right downtown. Is it by the courthouse or city city hall or something? Yeah. 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 yeah I like think it's behind that one. Like, yeah, that one really tall building in downtown LA. So I, I, I backside I nollie heel flip that four stair. Sick. No big. Nice. <laughs> first, first time I ever did that down in anything. Maybe like the the first time, last time down at anything of even meager size. Um, what was I going to say about the bench, though? The nerd factor with that bench is high because I do remember there's the there's the clip of Evan Scheffelbein. Maybe welcome to the podcast, Evan Scheffelbein. It took us two and a half years to mention you or two years. <laughs> but um, I think he does a nollie crook on it. And there was a clip of like Kenny Anderson back in the day, probably in 411 doing a backside Smith, backside 180 out. Um, that bench was really distinct and maybe it was just if you were watching all the four one ones and then it jumps and all of a sudden it's in the DC video and you're like, wait, is that the same one? You know, there's no way that there's only like two of these benches now three possibly that have existed. Um, yeah, I, I had that exact same exper- experience, you know, like seeing it in 411 and then seeing it totally in a different place and just being like, wait, what? Like, it moved they bought one what <laughs> I, I definitely yeah. didn't think that they bought one i was like oh they stole it okay. no i thought that they bought one i thought it was just like some bench you could get at uh like lowe's or something or like a some type of store that's some like a you know like a playground equipment store or outfit or whatever the fuck something yeah. like that i don't know i thought they right. bought it. i mean somebody bought it at some Trust. point yeah exactly some yeah somebody bought it like from somewhere fantastic absurdity of stealing a bench i, I mean we've probably all done it <laughs> but it's yeah. still absurd 
along along those lines, how do you get one of those tables out of a school? I feel that's like gotta you got to like cut the lock and open the gate or something. Yeah, there that's got to be a whole nother saga. Are yeah, it's definitely heavy? not going like, over the fence. Okay, you couldn't get a couple people and just kind of toss it over. You'd risk having it shatter or something. I mean, it's possible, but I just doubt anyone would put the work in when you could, okay. you know, put in the work to just like cut the lock. Yeah. I knew a filmer back then who had a lock picking set, so he could just like pick <laughs> <Nice>. the lock. <laughs> It's like no harm, God, no that's foul. Dope. Yeah, I always wow. thought that was a cool move. Was he like really adept at doing so? I never actually saw him uh, pick a lock. I just saw him like messing with a lock one time. Like, you know how you go to a skate spot and you just kind of like look and hang out there and like talk about what, what could be done there, but nobody does anything. It was one of those scenarios oh, yeah. and he was just kind of off in the corner fucking with the lock. But I thought that was like just a really cool move. That's great. Yeah, that was uh, Doug Brown, uh, Brian Brown's brother. Oh, oh, word. Okay. Yeah, now, speaking of the minutia, that's some minutia right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy because they used to come down to the banks together when Brian Brown was like like a little, little ripper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug was filming for the DC video. Shit. But. Yeah. I think Doug Brown's got, it's Boston footage, maybe a Thrasher video. I'm trying to think. I don't remember. That is, yeah, recesses of the skateboard memory. Yeah, very niche. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review, boys. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought they bought I thought they bought that Vince. Like for the longest time, like uh my friend Lucas, shout out, you know, Lucas Weidenthal, friend of the podcast. We were obsessed with buying like a Cali table, like a, one of those picking tables, but we can never find one on the internet or anything. Like I think we looked for like 10 years or something. Yeah, I've always thought that there must be there's certainly some company who makes like thousands of these benches and like Yeah. They they should yeah, be gettable. And then like I feel like a lot of shoe companies, like I know DVS and maybe S made little like miniature Cali benches. Do you remember those? Do you ever see those at your local skate shop? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like it's gettable for sure. There's there's an Oakley table that's at the Familia Skate Park. But it came in and it was more, I don't think it was the right size. I think Oakley, whatever they had bought was, I don't know, five inches too tall. Mm. uh, Nesser actually modified the table he got from Oakley. So it's now perhaps more Cali-like, still tall, but but it's more in line with the just slightly taller than knee high. Right. We need to get a measurement on the Cali picnic table, by the way. A definitive measurement, yeah. Yeah, if, any, if there's any L.A. correspondents out there who can hop a fence with a tape measure and get us, uh, you know, length, width, height, any other uh, relevant measures, I would be very interested. There's a, uh, there's a couple different varieties, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to visualize. Like, there's the one, like, that had that foundation spot. Then there's another one that's, like, less uh, square, kind of, right. or something. Yeah, I feel like the definitive Cali picnic table is the Lockwood one that has, uh, like, the legs are pretty solid. They're almost like the transition to a ramp, whereas, like, most uh, fiberglass picnic tables have, like, pipe legs. So I think that's that, to me, is the definitive Cali picnic table. Yeah. 
if I have one other skate relic or just like skate item, I don't know what actually happened to this. Uh, friend and I at the skate park were 14. We have the opportunity to buy from Johnny Vang, who went on to become my roommate, a copy of the local video Apocalypse. So this is very not, definitely not a bench, but you know, local videos in 1997, 98, whenever this was, were definite things to be coveted. And Johnny wanted 10 bucks for the video. Me and my friend had $5 each. We pooled our money. And then on the spot, I think we, you know, handed off the cash, got the video. And then right then and there, it was, yo, I get this video Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll hand it off to you at school. You get it until like Saturday. Neil, if we're skating on Saturday. You got to give me the tape and we'll start the cycle again. And we, we decided we'd hand that off. Um, videos in general are probably a good, a good thing in terms of like the skateboard relic, just in that they changed hands, but they also got dubbed. But, you know, you lend a tape to your friend and all of a sudden it's a friend of a friend of a friend's away and you never see it again. There's probably a lot of good stories connected to VHS tapes and even DVDs. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I feel like media definitely has that, like, shareable, like, it's so easy to share and easy to, like, let it get away from you. I know I had some videos from an old skate shop that just, like, you know, the skate shop was closing, so I ended up getting all the the videos. And then when mm-hmm. I moved out, out west, I divested from most of my VHS tapes and I pass those on to uh, Skate Supply out in Chesapeake. So I, th- I feel like, yeah, the videos are are relics at this point. What Skate Supply was that? Was that? Oh, it's a, it's a skate shop called Skate Supply. My friend oh. Trey Hill was running it. It does run it. That's tricky. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm the sure there's a lot of bought. Skate Supplies out there. <laughs> for for the record, the video we bought was called was from Roots Rutabaga Sticks Apocalypse. Great video. Linked in the show notes, maybe. It's on the Platinum Seagulls uh, YouTube channel, so you got it. Okay, linked in the show notes, definitely. Uh, Also linked in the show notes is Stallion, the new video from Supreme. It galloped onto (laughs) our screens this morning uh, from Bill Strobeck and Supreme. The release coincides with the opening of the Supreme store in Milan. Jason, is Stallion just a beefed up trip video or is it something more? Listen. This shit is, it's big business. You know what I mean? Supreme, it's like a billion dollar plus concern at this point. So you pretty much know what you're going to get. Like with a 20 minute web video, you're going to get like five to seven minutes of like stellar, stellar skating. You're going to get some lifestyle footage. You're going to get, you know what I mean? Some product shots. So, you know, I mean, that's pretty much the deal. Like on skate Twitter today, like the takes were a uh, flying. Indeed. It, it was like a Vietnam firefight with all the takes whizzing by. <laughs> Mike, did you get hit by any of those takes? You know, I was getting hit by so many takes that I was like, shit, I got to watch this video for the podcast tonight. You know, I'm, I'm an office worker now. You know, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back in things. I've got no means to watch at work unless I'm going to, you know, slam my fried rice and watch it on my phone for, you know, in seven minute increments. Not going to happen at at that 27 minute runtime. I actually liked it quite a bit just in that 
do we think it was shot kind of over the winter in Milan? Was that when all those dudes seemed to be putting stuff on social media and seemingly yeah, all so. hanging out together, never wearing masks during the global pandemic? The video was weird in that I think the Strobeck stuff as Supreme stuff is the most just like 2000 proof advertising grade skateboard video. I would love to, you know, get four ply on the job of counting how many Supreme logos are seen in that video. It's bizarre and how, you know, how much they lean into it, but the kind of the, the color palette and the aimlessness and the music was kind of forgettable, but it was good. The skating was kind of forgettable, but it was good. It It's this weird, like very standard strobeck thing that, yeah, I got so many takes today. I was skeptical about whether or not I'd like it, you know, based on people whose opinions I take into account, but came home, watched it and was like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, here's here's my deal with Strobeck. I think the backlash has lashed so ferociously against his whole style that he's now underrated. That's a good take. He's underrated now. Like, the, the, I don't know what's going on with the color. Like, it's purple or pink. I don't know how he did that with adjusting the, uh, I don't know, template. You probably know your filmer. Like yeah, it's the probably color. done in post. Yeah, done. Yeah, they, they, yeah that yeah, was, they, was so uniform that it, yeah, that was. Both. Yeah, they do in a post, but like what it, like with the fisheye, it's HD, but it still looks cool. It makes that plaza look cool as shit. Whatever he was doing, so and like I really didn't see that many like foot. You know what I mean? Shoes, face, shoes, whatever. That whole deal with that one video. I think that was like the one, the SF one, Can't where that was. Yeah, yeah, that one where that was really pronounced. You know, so yeah, I, th- I think he's a, I think he's a good filmer. I think he's he's underrated now just because the backlash was so uh, so vicious. But I did like the Allison Chain. He's you know you know what I mean. Bill's yep. a Gen X, he's a Gen X guy like myself. Would have been cool if they used the whole song, but whatever. It was tight to see some Caleb Barnett footage. That guy rips. But not a fan of the reaction shots where where the people look into the camera. It feels like I'm getting beamed. Hmm. It feels. It feels like I'm a I'm at a spot and I'm at the recipient I'm mean, I'm the recipient of a harsh beam. I don't know. The beaming didn't really bother me too much. I'm I'm like a notorious beamer, or I, I was <laughs> until somebody said something, Damn. and then now I'm just like, <laughs> just look at your feet. Don't be stoked. But I I kind of felt like uh, Strobeck had kind of like toned down a lot of the stuff that uh, you know he gets shit for. Like I don't think there was any like creepy filming of hot babes. I don't think there was any filming of um, people experiencing like mental health issues or homelessness. Like, I feel like it was really just focused on the skaters, which is really what we want. So yeah, I I thought it was pretty good. And Mike, I feel like you nailed it, that it was like good, but forgettable skating. Yeah. And I think that's maybe the, you know, kind of the, the restrictions of, well, probably a short time frame in, in which they're making the video, but also seemed like they were in the same like eight block radius of milan which is both awesome and kind of restricting yeah i guess that, that that's really all i have to say there um trying to think at what what else stood out cater cater still loves weed you guys <laughs> yeah i mean bill hasn't uh you know dropped all his tropes but yeah here here's the thing with weed it's 
Like it's basically like a glass of white wine at this point. Like it's legal everywhere. Yeah. Like everyone uses it. It's not really rebellious or edgy or outlaw at all anymore. You know what I mean? If if he's just trying to depict our lifestyle, yeah, great. But don't think it, you know what I mean? It's not really like it used to be from that standpoint. It could be, that will be very useful because, you know, only only a rarefied few like really go in on how dope Pinot Grigio is. You know, maybe we can stop talking about weed. Yeah, a nice Pinot, a nice uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, a nice, a nice. A nice strain of whatever. I mean, <laughs> we we need we need the Minnesota Senate to flip, and then we can talk. But what else stood out to you guys, like skateboard wise? I know, uh, Jason, you mentioned Caleb. Caleb, that Nolly switch crook on that high rail was awesome. Yeah, mm. yeah, that dude's pretty beast. Um, he did that like switch nose manual thinking three sixty flip out. It it's crazy that Kurt single tricks on curbs are a thing now yeah like there's a lot of stuff in this video that's like whoa you can get away with that like you can <laughs> skate a four stair rail and that's cool i i like that you can skate a four stair rail and that's cool i love small rails i think there's just something inherently cool about it yeah after a certain point there's like diminishing returns on a rail it's like yeah we get it you can grind this rail for a really long time like a manual yep i think of that that Philadelphia rail that trying to got to think of well-known tricks on it. I think Jake Johnson switch flip back tailed it. It's yep. like a five stair. It kind of goes into the alley. Yeah. Silver. It's all yeah, like, yeah, I know the one. Yeah. I think that's like a temple square on that thing. Yep. I, I love the, I love the short rail. It's the same thing with the city hall rail that Kayla's fakie five owed, you know, it's maybe a five stair and it's just a little dink. But there's something, I don't know. Maybe it's like the relatability about it, but it's really cool. Yeah, I back it. Yeah, RIP that rail in that whole place. Mm. Mm. That place is fun as shit. But yeah, who knows? Maybe the the pendulum will swing and everyone will go back to short rails instead of jumping on like 50 kinkers or whatever. But I don't know. The the, uh, 50 kinkers are pretty photogenic. Yeah, I mean, it's a sight to see. I always like seeing that stuff, the big stunts. Yeah, though though that Rowan uh, switch flip board slide, that was pretty dope. That was a seven or eight stair rail. I don't even remember it. Is that the one that um, what Rowan switch crooked it and Tyshawn Nolly crooked it? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah that rail was cool. I, my favorite trick on that rail was Nick Stain's switch front board. He yeah, like did this good. weird tweak when he ollied in, and it just looked like so different than anything I'd ever seen before. He might have turned his body like 60 degrees as opposed to the regular 90 degrees you might get on a board slide. Yeah, it was sick. It was like uh, reminiscent of Chewy, but like a little just Nick Stain, I guess. Right. Yeah, good to see a little Nick Stain in there. Could have seen more Nick Stain in there. Yeah, we, we wasn't really at his full powers. I think his part in uh, in John's vid, that was like full power Nick Stain. This is just like a little... Uh, little snippet yeah this was trip nick stain yeah yeah i when i when he first popped up i thought that maybe it would be kind of like the polar video where dane uh dane brady pops up and you're kind of like oh maybe he's not gonna have a part and then he has a part at the end so i was hoping it would be like that or like at the end we just get a big 
heaping helping of Nick Stain footage, but that, that never really materialized. I feel like nobody really had a ton of footage. Yeah, too bad KB wasn't on this trip. Because, uh, you know, he's everyone, you know, everyone's number one skater, but he's, he still has some time for uh, Sodi. It's, just, it's still a second quarter. Shit doesn't really start till the fourth quarter. So he's still, he's still got time. So he's 2021. He's got my vote already. Yeah, he's the best. I mean, fuck. What can you say? So like those kids, are those kids all like local Milan kids or are some of them? I think the one kid, Troy, that does that like no slide to the real sketchy landing on like a mailbox or whatever. I think he's from New York or something. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Troy Gypsum. Yeah, 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 maybe a Seattle guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I knew it was a yeah. Some that, state. that was a very sick trick. That was a great trick. I do think the rest of those kids, like, um, like near to my heart, because I have poofy hair and used to wear glasses. The kid with glasses and poofy hair. Um, that kid must be a local. I would think. I don't know. How also, you know, are they flying out kids we've never heard of or never seen? I should say. Yeah, he must be local. He he was certainly a standout for being a ripper and for being like just like so dorky looking, but like almost <laughs> almost almost like so dorky he looks cool or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. He stands out. It's like um like Rico Kasich from the cars or whatever. <laughs> like so you're you're so far on the dork scale that you're you're cool. Exactly. Rest, rest in peace, Rico Kasich. I feel like that play that is a continuation of supreme vibes that go back to cherry and maybe it's just the fact that i'm now you know in my very late 30s and watch cherry in my middle 30s but you know you have these kids kind of preening and trying to look cool and they're also just kids and they're actually really kind of endearing kids and so that makes them kind of dorky in the way that they interact i like it you know it i think what what made me like stallion the way i did and who knows if i'll ever watch it again but it did give me a vibe and it was like okay there's this weird ass time that we all lived through and these people went to milan and kind of had a good time and it's documented here and i feel like i got that feeling despite what strobeck maybe tries to do with the videos i just think the the logos and the the strobeck style try to overpower everything but i still got the idea of like this is young people i don't know living living an approximation of their best lives during strange upside down time yeah i don't know there's an inherent like it, it it's trying so hard to be cool that it's not cool but it's endearing in the way that it ends up not being as cool as it thinks it should be does that make any sense we might need a chart for that but i think it does make sense <laughs> yeah okay i'll take that i'm good with that but yeah like he's still he's still doing that thing where like at the very very end where he films cater like getting psyched up to whatever do the uh nolly flip and then kick flip and that crazy bank like you know what i mean that kind of makes you feel like you're in on the session kind of that's kind of a cool technique i think we talked about it here before but i still think it's kind of cool yeah i was thinking about that with the nick stain nose slide to like bank and drop and yeah. like it it felt like it lingered and i feel like on first viewing it like 
builds excitement, but I feel like upon repeated viewings, you're probably like, yeah, just get to the nose slide. Like, right. I know like it's hard, but like, I just want to see the tricks. So I, I just wonder if it, if that like long-term affects the video and also like yeah, if that true. matters, you know, like do, is Bill just like, this is, this video is about your first viewing because probably most people are not going to watch it again. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll probably watch it again. The whole great montage at the end, when like the when the new song kicks in, that that shit was pretty tough. I watched that cater backside tail slide three times in a row, just like one one of the he yeah he totally like surfed that shit out like that was so so dope. It was unreal. I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand how he did that. The way he did that. Yeah, and I feel like I I don't think of cater as the kind of person who sits in a long back tail like that just like that's like a trick that like i don't know like a shane o'neill or like a paul rodriguez or somebody like that does and i feel like cater is more like so or something yeah blood so yeah no yeah that's why it was so shocking because you usually think of cater as like a stair jumper rail type of guy oh no then he comes out with this like maybe the best back tail since Kevin Bradley and that other Supreme video oh. in uh, Germany. Mm. Oh, yeah. So a cater clip, same ledge over great surfaced, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago on Instagram. Back tail where he's looking over his shoulder like he's going to come out straight. But then he kickflips to fakie out of it. And a friend and I were debating, you know, is cater has cater actually turned the corner is he you know gonna rule the world for the next couple of years i think i even said on this podcast a year plus 14 16 months ago that you know cater is gonna rule the world and i think baker four came out and i was like oh, cater ain't gonna rule the world after all my buddy seeing that backtail kick flip out was like oh yeah cater's gonna rule the world like he turned the corner this is the real thing this time and uh it's that backside tail slide over the grate and then over another grate effectively back out straight and he also nose slid it to nollie flip and that is a sight to behold because it looked like it was first try because he was preordained to never have to try that trick again (laughs) something amazing about it like the dude is incredibly good and is what 18 19 yeah, only going to get better, only going to get more powerful. He will rule the world. I'm saying it again. Yeah, yeah he's going to start I, going I think, on Adidas trips, which will be cool. Oh, shit. Yeah, I definitely think he went up a level on uh, the past couple of years. Still, I think he has another gear. Usually skaters like peak around like 22, 23, give or take. So, yeah, I still think he has another gear, which is kind of scary in a way. Yeah, pretty exciting to see what uh, the future holds for this kid. Indeed, we'll all be stoked to see what that is. Which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? So the other night at the skate park, I relearned frontside nollie heel flips on a flat bank. At some point, I completely forgot how to do the trick. And I think it might have had something to do with foot placement or for too long keeping the ideal frontside nollie heel flip on a bank in my head, which was done by Tim O'Connor in like the tour section of Elements third eye view video, which came out in 
1998 or 1999. Tim O'Connor does the best ever frontside nollie heel flip on a bank where it the board the board just kind of like folds over and smacks his feet and then he comes down on it and rides away and he also does it eh, probably waist high off the very steep bank that he does it on and uh i do have to blame tim o'connor a little bit for me losing the trick because i try to like make it just kind of like fold over and smack my feet where you know i just didn't have it like that for a while as uh as, as the years wore on so uh stoked to relearn a trick jason what are you stoked on i am stoked on uh, venture trucks specifically the commercial or mm. clip that they came out with for philly san Jose's pro model truck it's basically a a takeoff or a riff on the classic uh spike lee michael jordan gotta be the shoes commercial from like when i was in seventh grade like the whole thing was super well produced Definitely for a skate ad, so I was pretty amped on that as a big, uh, big fan of Venture and Jordans, both of them. Also stoked on a video out of Australia. I mean, we've recited it chapter and verse on this podcast over and over again. Australia is some type of skateboarding uh, wonderland or something with like seemingly infinite spots. Like uh, this video from this company called Hoddle, kind of an offshoot of Passport. Those dudes. So you, if you were into the vibes of the uh, the passport video, which is probably one of the best videos of the past couple of years, then you'll be stoked on that. It's called Heavy Mayo. It's like on YouTube. Thrasher, all the usual, all the usual shit. Also stoked on uh, being sober for 30 days. Long story short, I was just fucking over it over the whole trip. So uh, pretty stoked on that. Also shout out Michael Burnett because that one article like last year about. That kind of stuff kind of opened my eyes to a bunch of shit. So pretty stoked on that. Um, yeah, going pretty good so far. Templeton, right. what are you stoked on this week? Hell yeah. Uh, stoked for your uh, sobriety. That's awesome. Thanks. Congrats. Thanks. Yep. Congratulations. Uh, I, I'm stoked on uh, crossing over into the Forbidden 14 with a board slide Ooh. over the weekend. I came across a... Um, like a sawhorse that was actually pretty stable and there's a little sidewalk bump to it and it was wood so there's really only one option which was a board side and i did the board side and it felt good and um i might go back and board slide it some more um yeah it's uh i i have always claimed myself as a, a board side hater but it, it felt pretty good to board slide that sawhorse so that's what i'm stoked on that was uh, a good clip you got a front side board slide? Oh, I'm so bad at front side board slides, but I should try at least. I really want to just do a really long board slide, like across the whole thing. Okay. Word. But yeah, I should try and front board it. Uh, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you? On the Instagram at Frozen Carbonite on the Twitter at Carbonite1994 and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Working on it. Working on it. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram under the same handle at mmunzenrider. Templeton, where are you? I am on Twitter at MostlySkate and on Instagram at MostlySkateboarding. We'll see you guys next week. Later.